What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. I'm sitting down with interesting folks trying to gain some perspective, so I appreciate you guys for joining me along on this journey. Before I get to my guests, real quick, a few housekeeping things. First, I want to say thanks for joining. I appreciate all of you that tune in each and every conversation. I want to ask you, though, if you are getting value out of the show, if you're gaining a different perspective, you're thinking about things in another light, you're laughing, you're just entertained by the show, do me a solid, tell a friend, help us bring uh, this show to another person and help us grow the community. I just cannot thank you enough for doing so, and I would be very, very grateful if you just pass the show along. So thank you for that. Big shout out to our show sponsor, Strange Donuts. If you're in the St. Louis area, you have to check them out. Listen, I love donuts. One of my favorite guilty pleasures. Doesn't matter what city I'm in, wherever I go, one of my favorite things to do is go search for the best donut in the city. And when you are in St. Louis, you have to try Strange Donuts. The menu changes monthly. Uh, the it's always creative and they're so delicious. And every week they're usually doing some more, some sort of uh, specialty donut or combination. Man, hands down, hands down, some of the best donuts you will ever try. So they have four locations in the area. They're in Kirkwood, Crevecore, Maplewood, and then just across the river in Edwardsville, Illinois. Doesn't matter which one you go to, you are going to love the donuts. So go check them out. Strange Donuts. Tell them that we sent you. This episode is also brought to you by Imposed Will. Imposed Will is my company, and ironically enough, on this episode, you'll hear me talk about it, about it a little bit. My guest, Ryan, asked me, so I go into it a little bit, but you can check us out at imposedwill.com. We have a full line of apparel. We just dropped our winter line. Go check it out. Uh, we do also host all of the show apparel and goods, so go check us out there for that stuff as well. I appreciate each and every one of you that has been supporting the brand. If you haven't, again, go check us out at imposedwill.com. All right, my guest today, I'm sitting down with Ryan Tower. Ryan is a clarinetist in the St. Louis Symphony. I met Ryan whenever I was working at First Form. He's work, he works there part-time whenever he's not at the symphony. Always a very nice guy. I always enjoyed uh, the, the few conversations that we had there. So I wanted to have him in, talk to him. He's done a lot of traveling. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I've never had... I never talked to anybody whose profession is working in the symphony. So uh, this was really fun. Without any further rambling from me, let's gain some perspective with Ryan Tower. All right, Ryan. What's it like being a... Uh, a guy from the west coast living in the midwest so i'm actually not from the west coast i'm from a suburb of chicago okay and then i did my undergrad in ohio mm. and so the first 22 years of my life i was in the midwest and then i went out to la i was I, I did my graduate studies at the university of southern california so i was in la for like three and a half years right until covid hit and then left when covid hit and and moved back to chicago before coming to st louis and so oh. i I'm a Midwest guy through and through, and then I was out in L.A., 
and that was like a whole new world. Mm. Oh my God. And yeah. so, um, no, so I'm from the Midwest. I enjoy the Midwest, love the pace. And last year, like coming to St. Louis in September, 2020, that was then the first time in four years that I experienced all four seasons in a calendar like succession. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is great. I, I love it. I falls my favorite time when it gets colder and the leaves change and you know but you can still go out running and and stuff and so la is just 80 and sunny and it's fantastic when you get there but then you get so complacent and used to it that anything that's not like that you're like oh this isn't what i signed up for coming to la and (laughs) so you just get yeah you take it for granted um but la itself is just like a whole new world like california is its own own world oh it's different out there it is the people are different People are different, vibes different. Yeah, I'd, I'd show up to my friends are like, oh, let's like meet up at two o'clock, and I'd get there at one fifty because that's like my Midwest personality. That's my musician personality. Like any rehearsal, we have to be there early yeah, and, and stuff. Early, and so, and then they come in at at two two fifteen. I'm like, you guys are late. They're like, what? No. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's just how it is. It was yeah, it was a whole different vibe. It was great going to school there. I loved USC. Um, I loved being in LA and. Uh, seeing Los Angeles Philharmonic, playing for the guys there and stuff. Um, but uh, I just, I don't think I could live there. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool vibe out there, but the the people are definitely just, it's just a little bit different whenever you grow up in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I, one of the first things, the first time I ever went out, out to LA, I was visiting a friend and I realized I was different immediately because it, I, I think you shared with me about this one time. Like in the Midwest, we like to brag about the deals that we get. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> posting memes, and it was like, you know, uh, Midwest versus Best is a great account or something oh, like that. Oh, it's great, it's great. But I did that. I got out there, I'm like, oh, man, I fucking got this sick-ass deal on this <laughs> flight. Like, out here, it was so... And they just looked at me like, cool, like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, I'm different. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That's oh, good, it's, a, it's a different vibe out there, man, but the mountains are cool, the fucking, mm-hmm. the beach is cool. It's, a, it's probably a really sick-ass place to go to school. Yeah, it's great. I mean, everyone thinks that LA is like right on the beach and stuff, but it's it's like maybe a twenty to forty minute train ride to the beach. I've mm-hmm. only went to the beach a couple times in my years there. Um, oh, really? But, yeah, but oh, wow. I I was USC is like right south of the downtown area, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a nice spot, and you know, it's it was fun. You didn't like venture off of campus though a whole lot. Not a ton, man. I was kind of just restricted to there, and then the the uh, orchestra and. Um, yeah. Just because you're so busy with school and orchestra and stuff? Yep, oh, practicing okay. and, yeah. Dang. That's kind of a bummer, dude. It is a little bit. Like, I... Um, you were out in, like, a, a pretty cool, unique, like, place. I know. I felt like maybe I didn't do it quite enough justice exploring. And uh, and even in my time there, like, I didn't go out to Vegas or San Francisco. Yeah. Even though I was, like, kind of close to those. And so, um, yeah, it's... You are just a kid, though. You are those... What, I was 24 to 20. Six. Oh, so you're older. Yeah, so I was a little older, yeah. But I didn't have a car, and that's a restriction. That is a definitely a restriction in L.A. Like, you need a car. And so my sister lives there, and uh, so I would borrow her car when I needed to go uh, play. Like, I would play with the Pacific Symphony sometimes, and they're in Orange County, and I would need to drive there. And okay. so, like, I'd borrow her car just for that. Otherwise, you know, I didn't want to abuse, like, taking taking mm-hmm. her car and stuff. And so, um, yeah, so, I mean, short Ubers to downtown and anywhere downtown, but outside of that, I kind of – didn't really explore yeah. too much. Well, being from Chicago, you probably didn't really need a car, right? No, not really. You yeah. Just... But public transportation in L.A. sucks. And they, they're they mm-hmm. trying to revamp that for when the Olympics happen. I think they're 2028 L.A. is having the Summer Olympics or something like oh, that. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I saw a bid or something, and they were like, oh, we're going to like totally remodel the public transportation so it's accessible for the Olympics in oh. 2028 and stuff. And this was, you know, a couple years ago, they said, oh. and stuff. And, yeah. I don't know why they would do that. I feel like L.A. sucks now. L.A. sucks in general sometimes, <laughs> man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Again, I think I thought it was pretty cool visiting there, but um, just with the way the world is today, mm-hmm. it just seems like that place. That and, like, New York. Dude, I don't want to go to California. I just – it's like – I, I'm going into – I have an audition in two weeks for the San Francisco Symphony, and um, I was just like, you know, I want to play as a as a musician and stuff. You want to play and compete at the highest possible level, and so the San Francisco Symphony is one of, one of the best orchestras in the country, as is the Los Angeles Philharmonic and stuff, and so, you know, I'm going to go take the audition, but I'm like, do I really want to live in California? Like, no, not really, Yeah. but I I would if it means that I can play at the highest level. That yeah, I want to. And it's, like, so, it's worth um, the trade off. Yeah, so so that's you know, yeah, and there have been co- other compromises along the way. Like they, um, San Francisco, February first, they won't let anyone into their hall that's not boosted. So I had to get the booster, and I didn't, I didn't want to. I mean, I got vaccinated. That was a personal choice, but I was like, I'm not getting the boost. Like I don't see any point. And then they're like, you can't audition unless you have the booster. And right. I'm like, that was like the fold. That was like the compromise. And so, you know, I was like, okay, like I, if I want to compete, like I have to do this. So I went and got it the next day and felt like shit the day after. And then, you know, back to normal now. But I just like, I, I hate that I had to go do that. Yeah, you kind of wrestled with that. Especially like living or <laughs> like dealing with first form and all their ideas. And then the symphony, which is super liberally Probably polar opposites, right? Oh, yeah. The groups that are in each of those organizations. Yes. The ideology and the thinking is completely different. Yeah. And uh, and I wear first form gear like on stage (laughs) in rehearsals. Like I come in like some first form gear like this and uh, and they have no clue what first form is or like the fitness. Like they, you know, they don't know. And most of them are like 50 with kids. Like I think I'm one of two, like five people under 30 in the orchestra. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know going to first form that's like you know the 20 somethings dominate that that space and then here it's like much older and so they don't know what first form is but uh yeah it's um different ideologies and so yeah coming into first form kept me sane a little bit sometimes yeah you're kind of like stuck in the middle there i am like living in a weird place i am dude i am it's you have to know how to like almost sit on a fence or just to not say anything just be quiet or that's right yeah well here's here's the thing though so if 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 i were in your situation and our place in this this group of because you don't want to offend people and you don't want right. to piss anybody yeah. off and mm-hmm. you don't want to like be a dickhead mm-hmm. but on that same note as things were like being like coming up and as things were being said i don't know how i could be quiet about certain things i know because yeah. the evidence and the science truly does support i know one side more than the other right yep. so yeah. it's just but like man i know the symphony does like all these different restrictions and and everything and uh you know now we're having to be tested twice weekly because i can't play as a clarinetist without a mask on Mm -hmm. string players a violinist um or percussionist they can play with their masks on and so they don't need to get tested so now i because i can't play without having a mask on have to get tested twice a week now and um you know they're upgrading the masks and it's you know i yeah now are they just doing the testing here at the st louis place because they're not requiring like boosters and, and vaccines and yeah, stuff? Yeah, so they did require vaccine. They did require the vaccine. And they require it for audience members too. But not the booster. Not the booster yet. 
Yeah. But uh, but then you're required for the audience. I won't go to places that require vaccines. I I know, dude. I know. You know, you mark. And I went to L. So I went to L.A. the first week of December. I played for my teacher. It was uh-huh. the first time being back. Um, I wanted to play for my teacher because I just had an, an audition for the Boston Symphony and. Uh, and I was staying with my sister, and it was the first time where I needed to show my vaccine in order to go to a restaurant. And I'm like, what? This is a thing? Like, I guess I was just kind of sheltered in the Midwest. and it's like, well, you and hear Missouri, about it. And yeah, and so that was the first time I ever experienced that. And I was like, oh, I, man, yeah. That's got to be interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know how much I can say on this podcast. Yeah, I don't want to get someone, yeah, like, we're li- from this. Dude, we're just living in strange times, though, dude. I mean, this yeah. is just the reality of, of the world. We have places, you know, like on the coast that are taking pretty extreme measures. Mm-hmm. And here in the Midwest, you hear people talking about it, but we're not really seeing it necessarily right. or living it. It's almost mm-hmm. kind of abstract. Yep. But when you go to a place and you're like, holy shit, yeah. this is really happening. It is real. You know, it, you can even go further abroad. You're seeing shit in like Australia and you're seeing sh- all these protests in, mm-hmm. in like Canada and, and France and like all these different places. Yeah. Well, they won't show it to you on certain media. Yeah. That yeah. Watches, so that's why you don't think it's happening. Yeah. You don't, you don't see it. Yeah. But if you do see it, it's still almost kind of abstract because we're not really living it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. just living in strange times, dude. I can only imagine what it what it has to be like. Yeah, which is fine. Like when the symphony cancels like concerts due to COVID and stuff like that, I'm like, fine, I'm going to go into first form now. Yeah, and, and you're, not, like, you're not sweating it. I'm, not, I'm like, no, like we still get paid. And so I'm like getting paid to do nothing and you just canceled all our concerts. So then I'm going to go into first form and like work out, see some great people and uh, talk, chill, like just do some menial labor work which is a total shift from playing the clarinet all day and uh yeah. you know i enjoy it and so yeah that's crazy dude your job is is music yeah you were able to make that happen trying trying yeah <laughs> dude that's fucking awesome dude so you're just you're just like a band guy growing up yeah so well, how, i how, how did your musical journey begin yeah so i um my dad played the clarinet, okay, but not professionally, but he had an extra one lying around the house. And so I have an older sister who's two years older. And in our public school system, you'd kind of choose the instrument you wanted to play in fourth grade and start in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So when my sister decided to play the flute, because my parents wanted both of us to play instruments just because um, it develops discipline and creativity and, and just, you know, they wanted us to like have that experience. Um, you know, she was playing the flute, so my dad brought his clarinet out to, like, help her read music, play along with her, that sort of thing. And, you know, being young at that age and seeing your older sister do something, you wanted to do it sort of thing. So then he had an extra clarinet, so I, I like, picked up the clarinet. So then I just kind of kept practicing and stuff. And then um, in high school, I auditioned and got into the Chicago Youth Symphony. Oh, cool. And so I, every weekend, I would take the train into the city, and I would have rehearsals downtown. You do that by yourself? Yeah. And, uh, and then, um, you know, then we'd have concerts at Symphony Center where the Chicago Symphony played, sometimes get coaching from members of that, of the orchestra. And, um, and so it was a great thing to do. And, uh, and then I started going to like summer festivals. I went to this place called Interlochen in Northern Michigan, which was like a boarding arts camp for six weeks every summer. And, uh, and so you're just kind of immersed in it. And, um, I was like, okay, I need, I need to give this a shot. So I auditioned for conservatories my senior year of high school and, uh, Ended up going to a to a conservatory. Yeah. Oh, dope. So when you 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 started going down this path of music, mm-hmm. did were, were you kind of like self propelled down this, or did your parents have to be like, all right, Ryan, let's let's make sure you're practicing today, or were you just like no, all in on your own? No, I was kind of on it on my own. Um, they did 
stress the importance of discipline, but like um, my sister and I were, we always were kind of good students and, and we had a bunch of other activities. So we learned how to balance things and yeah. uh, they didn't really need to check up on us to make sure we were doing that. And so it was always, you know, they didn't push me to go into music. And my sister actually also went into the performing arts. She was a ballet dancer. Mm. And so that's where she she trained for that and went to school for that. And she was in um, San Diego Ballet and then the Los Angeles American Contemporary Ballet and stuff. And so we both went into the arts as parents that are both in finance. <laughs> so it makes no sense. And I, I always kind of say like, all right, you let both of your kids like go into the performing arts. You're either really supportive or like really stupid for letting us do that. I think they're super cool and for doing so, that. Yeah. So, so you guys um, leaned into the arts. Were you? Did you play sports and shit growing up too? I did. Okay. I did. So I played basketball and soccer and I was really seriously on a um, – on a club soccer team in Chicago. Okay. Um, a couple of my former Chicago's teammates. Chicago's a big soccer place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of my former teammates um, got drafted in the MLS, uh, but then they didn't – I don't think they ended up playing. They got went down to the NCLS, the lower um, – the, like the league, like the under, league Yeah, under, under the MLS, but they were still playing and stuff. Um, and then one of the guys, I remember, he was just this uh, huge – huge guy and he was the son of one of uh the coaches and he ended up switching from soccer to basketball and he played at unc oh and so i'd like watch him play <laughs> so you grew up for with games and a stuff. lot of really badass athletes dude yeah and so the, the turning point kind of came when i was like a freshman and sophomore in high school and i was like five three and nothing pounds and uh and i was like okay there's no way i like i'm going into soccer professionally and i was like still avidly doing music and then i auditioned for the youth orchestra which then became such a huge time commitment and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I can't do both. I enjoy music and think I can have a future in it. I definitely don't think I can physically be yeah. a soccer player. And then, you know, later on, like I was still growing through my undergrad. Like, I think I maybe peaked my height at junior, senior year of undergrad. Like I like bloomed late. And so, um, so that was a very easy decision to like let go of sports in mm -hmm. high school. So you made but, that choice going in, going into high school. You stopped playing sports. Sophomore year of high school. Sophomore year of high yeah. school. You're just like, ah, this just isn't. Yeah. Like physically, you're just not. Yeah, physically, I just couldn't couldn't keep up. Um, okay. The the physical pace of it, but skill wise in soccer, because you know you don't need to be, be the biggest person to be a great soccer player. Right. And, Footwork and so, speed. Yeah. And agility. so uh, it was still okay, but I just you know I couldn't end up dealing with both at the same time music and sports and so i made made the choice there and yeah pivoted how which when's your birthday june 5th june yeah so were you like one of the younger kids in your grade yeah and so oh, that okay. didn't help either and okay. i don't know if you've read outliers before by malcolm gladwell but all hockey players are born in january or february yes yeah, yeah dude i'm glad you said that because oh, so yeah. i read that book back in the day and so my son his birthday is July 31st, which mm -hmm. here in Missouri, that is the last. So he's the absolute youngest kid in oh his grade. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so as a result of that, like, I wanted I wanted him to wait a year. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because I'm like, man, you know, at that age. Yeah, because if he would have been born a day later, he would have waited a year anyways. Regardless. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I want to give him the best advantage that he can. Yeah. because physically. A physical year of development. Oh, it means everything when you're younger. And that's when you're developing your passion and the skill set. And, and I mean, you know, that's. Develops yeah. your traits and all these yeah. different things, all these personality things. So I wanted to give him that opportunity. And I was explaining this to my ex-wife. And um I was talking about outliers, and I was mm -hmm. explaining the hockey yeah. example, and it was like, well, you just want him to be better at sports. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not just about sports. It's about all of these other areas. Like, yeah. it, it just puts you in a different area of your life. Mm -hmm. um, you'll develop differently. And and just to be clear, I was, like, not going to go play soccer at, 
in college on a scholarship anyways like i was not on that path but it just kind of reaffirms the yeah the, well the as you're telling to it music. to me i yeah. wondered i'm like i mean i wonder if ryan's like one of the, the younger kids yeah. in his grade because yep. i was born in december so like i'm not the oldest but i was still a little you're bit middle pack yeah yeah you know kind of like the middle top half there so mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. physically in sports and stuff i've always been a little bit bigger than, than the other kids mm-hmm. i wasn't one of the younger kids but now i ha- actually having a son who is one of the younger kids it helps me like kind of see the different perspective yeah. of it all yeah. so yeah that's interesting no i love malcolm gladwell and such one of my favorite Great. authors dude yeah dude you can read through it like i actually just recently put down a book because i like it took so much motivation to just sit and read it because it doesn't read well. Malcolm Gladwell, the way he writes, it flows. Oh, and my God. The stuff he says is great. Like, I started with Tipping Point, and then I read Outliers, and then um, Blink. Blink, yeah. The end of Blink actually talks about the audition process for the Metropolitan Opera in New York and oh, really? interviewed the, the former principal horn player who was one of the first females to win the audition because it was blind. And at that time... Sometimes they wouldn't be blind. There was sexism for women that. in orchestras. Mm-hmm. And I know her. I've met her. I've played for her. That's so cool. And so, uh, so it was great to read that. And then, no, and so I ended up messaging her on Facebook. I'm like, I can't believe it took me so long to read this book. But, like, mm-hmm. here you are at the end. And she's like, yeah, it was, it was fantastic to be interviewed for that. And, uh, yeah. And Dude, so. that's awesome. Yeah, he's hands down one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. Have you read um, – actually, I didn't read it. I always like to distinguish between whenever I actually read a book and I listen to it on audio. Oh, uh, okay. I've only ever listened to Can't Hurt Me on audio because it had the podcast form and yeah, the book thing, and it was that's... so cool. But I, I read the book. That was actually like the first book I read doing 75 hard really and uh and yeah david Coggins is the man he's but, the man yeah but that's I, the only audio book i've ever listened to oh, okay I, 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 don't, I haven't listened to stuff yeah so i typically i prefer books so mm-hmm. but i still like audio books too sometimes yeah. i'll listen to an audio book while i'm reading a book they don't have to be the same book sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be the same book mm-hmm. but yeah can't hurt me hands down yep. the best audio format is great that that that's one of the few books I would always recommend almost probably over the actual book just because, again, there's yeah. a whole podcast format yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. But Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers. See, I haven't read that one. And then I think he also has one um, with the word dog in the title. Um, um, he does. He has one called, um, was it What the Dog Saw? Yeah, something like and that. And then I think or, he has one yeah. like David and Goliath. I haven't. Oh, David and Goliath. Yeah. yeah, I I haven't read the. I've only read the those three that I mentioned of his. Okay. Yeah. Well, I recently listened to the Talking to Strangers. It's it's a great production. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those that it's probably it's also worth listening to because mm-hmm. you get a lot out of it that's sure, different yeah. than the book. Uh, but uh, the only other one I probably like we talked about never split the difference. Mm-hmm. I listened to that probably like five times mm. i'll just have it on just listening to it in the car yeah. it's just like that constant like 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 subliminal learning mm-hmm. you know what i mean i just yep. have it there i'm not yeah. consciously listening to it but yeah, i know but i'm picking can, up things soak up stuff yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah i usually only get audiobooks because they'll send me a deal where you get all 12 credits mm. at once mm-hmm. and it'll be i think they give fifty dollars off or something okay. like that so yeah. it's like a hundred bucks or something and you get all 12 mm-hmm. in front. So whenever I'll do that deal, yeah. but yeah, I usually prefer books. Books are way better. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, oh, actually I do have, I have two audio books that I've listened to. So can't hurt me. And then relentless by Tim Grover, but yeah. Tim Grover doesn't narrate it himself. He mm-hmm. uses a narrator and a lot of comments I've seen from people is like, Oh, it lost something. Cause you, you want to read it in Tim Grover's voice. Cause you've undoubtedly heard him speak or yeah. YouTube clips and everything. And like, it would be great if he narrated his own, story um but it's always better yeah and so um 
But yeah, that's the only other one that I've read. But love Tim Grover as well. Yeah. This is the shit. And that's so, how I Tim Grover is how I found First Form, dude. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So I had I being from like the Chicago, always loved the Bulls, read some books by Phil Jackson, saw that like, oh, Tim Grover's trainer is coming out with a book about, you know, relentless habits of successful people. I'm like, oh shit, like I, I need to read that. That's great. Yeah. And it became like the Bible. Like I read it in my undergrad and it was the only book that I had read over and over on multiple hands I could count. And so, and that was the only book that I've ever done it. And I'm like, Oh wow. And so then when I started getting into listening to podcasts, I just listened to the podcast interviews of Tim Grover. Okay. And the ones I liked the best were MF CEO project and Ed Milet. Yes. <laughs> and those, those are... are then the only two podcasts I was listening to at the time. And That's I was so like, funny. and so, um, so then Andy, you know, mentioned on MFC, Oh yeah. Like I run a supplement company. Like I was like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then, you know, kept going. And I'm like, you know, I should actually check this out. And so then I like started looking up first form and, um, and it was great. And I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is really great. And I had, um, a really serious health issue when I was out in LA. Um, I have Crohn's disease and I didn't know it. And that's an inflammatory bowel disease. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, now I'm six foot, 180. I weighed 135 pounds oh, with shit. shoes and clothes on. You weren't absorbing any nutrients. No, not at all. I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, thought at one point I had appendicitis. It wasn't appendicitis, it was my part of my intestine um, shrinking down from like a big, big gulp straw at 7-Eleven slushy to like a coffee straw. So I had to have surgery. They took part of my intestine out, which I mean, your intestines are like 25 feet long. They took a couple inches out and mm. then just reconnected it. It's not a big deal, but it was right. like an invasive surgery. Yeah, it's still and, surgery. Yeah, and so then randomly on Facebook, um, you know, I was so depressed. I was down. I was recovering in my apartment. My mom flew out to take care of me. And uh, and I saw an ad on, for First Form on my Facebook for OptiGreens. And I was reading them like, oh, digestive enzymes, probiotic, like nutrient. I'm like, this is exactly what someone with <laughs> a bowel disease needs. And so I ordered that. Then I ordered Microfactor, and I'd had that for years before moving to Missouri. Um, and uh, and so yeah, so I was like really, really then into first form and and consistently taking those products. So then when I signed the contract for the St. Louis Symphony, knew I was moving here. I like contacted them, and I was like, hey, like. I would love to, I love the podcast, would love to like just see around, are you guys giving tours? And they said, you know, oh, sorry, we're not giving open tours or anything like that. And at the time I had done, I had just finished 75 hard and phase one. And my parents were like, oh, like they're based in Missouri. You gotta, you gotta go see their, their stuff. And I'm like, oh, I checked, like they can't, I, you know, I can't go. Right. They're not giving public tours. And then I see an ad for working in the warehouse and even part-time. And so I send in my resume and I'm like, I'm going to give myself an own tour. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and so that's how that I started working at first form. Was it the old building or the new one? The new one. Okay. Yeah. September, 2020. So they had just moved in, I think in June. Okay. And yeah. So I didn't see the old HQ or anything like that. But so we started. Tell me about it. So you started not too long. I don't even remember whenever I worked there. I don't even remember. It wasn't long, but either way, you weren't there too much longer before me. No, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because yeah. I yeah maybe like a couple months. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's crazy. What was your diet like whenever you were having all those issues? Um, not particularly great. I would eat. I would eat fast food Mexican a lot just take out Mexican that's was right around the campus um mm -hmm. I mean I would make 
make my own stuff. There's Trader Joe's down the street. So, um, you know, you could do enough, but, uh, yeah, like you said, like my, I wasn't absorbing nutrients in my body, no matter how much I ate. Yeah. And, uh, and like my teacher, when I would go in for lessons and he's like, are you eating? I'm like, yes. Like, why are you asking me that and stuff? And then I didn't even like realize that it was so slowly that, um, yeah, it was kind of like a shock that I had lost so much weight mm-hmm. and it wasn't on purpose. And so, um, wow. yeah. Dang, dude, you're, you're like skin and bones, huh? Yeah. And so now, but now like then, you know, I built, built myself up and now I use first form products and I go to the gym. Like that's why health is like so important to me now, given that I have a chronic disease, but also just to, to maintain that discipline and know that like it could maybe flare up at any time, mm-hmm. but I don't know it. And so I, I need to remain healthy and consistent with working out, with putting food in my body now. Like I don't yeah eat many sugars at all. I don't have like huge cheat meal days or anything like i just kind of stay consistent yeah. and do my own thing and yeah yeah that's probably like the number one thing i mean food absolutely what we eat is yep. for sure the number one thing that's mm-hmm. going to dictate a yeah. lot of our health even outside of movement right yep because you can't out train a bad diet yeah i've heard that over and over yeah yeah you just and, and the thing is when, when you have something like crohn's disease there's no room for fluctuation really there's yep. not like oh man i get a, a day to really be shitty because if mm-hmm. you do that you're just going to feel like shit yeah it's just a new way of, of yep. living right yep. i think most people look at health and they're like oh i have to like go on a diet or mm-hmm. it's this end result but it's really just mm-hmm. a way to really just enhance your life yeah now it's a lifestyle for me as yeah. opposed to if you know i was someone that just try was trying to lose weight and be healthier like oh like i need to do this just to get that end result and now it's like no this is my future and it's like just an entity it's part of you yeah it's just what you do like yeah. it's not a, a goal of, let me get here and then i stop no you just you just keep doing it you just yep. help you just help this this body this machine that we have we help it move better mm-hmm. while we're here yeah we're not here forever but while we are here i don't want to fucking feel like shit mm-hmm. and not be able to do stuff yep yeah, man. So you probably you say you said low, probably low carbs for you. You probably don't do a lot of like refined processed carbohydrates, do you? Not a ton, no. Yeah, those nope. probably make you feel like shit. I'd imagine. Yeah, sugars, refined yeah, carbohydrates. And, and I mean, it makes I, everybody feel like shit. That's the thing. Yeah, refined whenever, carbohydrates and sugars. Whenever I go back to Chicago, I always eat pizza because that's. I mean, you know. How could you and not? so after every time I do that, I'm like, yeah, this feels like a brick in my stomach, and then I take some OptiGreens and I go for a walk. <laughs> and, yeah. But it's just like you know, yeah. So I mean, I still like indulge, but. Yeah. 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 Just the the inflammation trying to just. Exactly. I don't need to add fire because I already have inflammation, so I don't need to add kindling. (laughs) Dude. So what do you think about St. Louis pizza then? I have not had it. I know people that have had emos and they talk about it. There's one like down the street from where I live. I live in central West End Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I have not had it. I heard some people say they love it and it's the best piece. I've heard some people say it's trash. Yeah. I just, I don't know. And maybe that's just me being a snob from Chicago. I'm like, oh, like I'll only eat Chicago style pizza. Really? And I, I know going back, like it'll be great. And so, you know, I don't, I don't seek it out here. Yeah. Um, I like emails. I don't even think emails is the best St. Louis best style St. Louis, pizza. No. I, I personally like Cecil Whitaker's. That's my shit. Cecil Whitaker's. Yeah. But either way, right. I just look at St. Louis style pizza. It's not even. It's not even limited to just those two. I just look at it as just thin crust pizza. Mm-hmm. It's just like, do you yeah. like thin crust or not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this yeah. Chicago's, Chicago's the deep dish, like deep lasagna dish, so. style. Yeah. See, that's the question. Is it really pizza? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I brought back a couple slices for Josh Sanderson uh-huh. uh, into first form, like when I was coming back from Chicago and, uh, and he was eating it and Sal like came in 
And he was like, oh, what are you eating? And he's like, oh, it's Chicago-style pizza. <laughs> and he was like, that's not pizza. It looks like lasagna. And Josh is like, you can argue what it is, but you can't argue that it's delicious. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. It is good. And so you can yeah, so you it, can argue if it's pizza or not, but it's, it is delicious. So which place do you go to? Giordano's. Giordano's. Yeah. Not Illuminati's. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, you lose, lose I, that. Dude, honestly, I like them both. Yeah. I really have no skin in the game. Yeah. I just like pizza. I really yeah. <laughs> do. I'm, I'm honestly, I don't care where it's from. I talk shit. I'm just joking, kid. But Chicago, New York, St. Louis, I don't yep. care where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. It's fucking good. Yeah. Like, not. it's not all good, but <laughs> have you as seen, long as it's good. Have you seen Portnoy's One Bite? Um, yes. On Instagram, he just he goes just, to places and reviews it based on a couple of bites. And yeah. So much he's a funny and, dude. He just yeah. released his own Frozen. His yes, own that's frozen right. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, you know, it's not around Schnook or they don't have it in Schnooks, which is where I like go. It's got my groceries just down the street from where I live, but, uh, it's at Walmart. And so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll drive one day to a Walmart and pick one up. And yeah. See, see how it is. You haven't <laughs> tried it yet? Haven't tried it yet. It's probably it's probably just a typical frozen, frozen pizza. pizza. I, yeah, you know. yeah. I I saw him review his own pizza. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I can't just take one bite. He's like, guys, I'm not, I'm not just saying this. He's like, what's he's he such give a it? Character. Does he give it a five or ten point? I can't remember if it's five or ten. Out of ten. Out of yeah. ten. He's like, he's like, he's like, that's a ten. He's like, oh, takes a bite, drops it. <laughs> he just does his thing. He's just he's so animated. I just love the way he does it. He's yeah. fu- he's a funny fucking dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. Pizza's my shit. I'm not gonna lie. That's my. It's my true pleasure food. All right. Well, you have to give me the, the go-to place in St. Louis that you think is the best, and then I'll definitely go there. There's so many good different places. But, th- dude, there's this fucking place. I think it's called Max and Irma's. I think it's called Max and Irma's. It's like this old-school place mm-hmm. in, uh, on Olive. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's a really good spot. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just it's just preference. Whatever you yeah. like. Yeah. Whatever you like. This is actually a really good city for food in general. I know yeah. Chicago is actually known for their culinary place, like their culinary mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, well, St. Louis has a, a sick ass culinary scene. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Are you much of a I foodie? Not you're looking at too me much. like, yeah, yeah. No, I, you, dude, I'm looking at I, you. Looking, you're no. like, yeah, I bet it is. I don't fucking go do. But, what do you do, Ryan? <laughs> what do you do? I practice the clarinet. I go to rehearsals. I play concerts. I go into first form. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like yeah, the same I, stuff. Interview over. You're I, right, dude. You told me you're like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna be interesting. We're gonna, interview over, Ryan. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I think mostly just from my own diet and, and what I have with Crohn's that I, I don't venture out too much and, yeah. and, and eat out all that much. And what I do is kind of like just in the central West End area. And there's mm. some nice spots, but it's not like all over anything. But Yeah. Um, no, you got to be careful because you don't want to feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. You don't drink. You're a drinker. I do not drink alcohol. And I Good stop move. because of that. Good move. And that's, I mean, that's just pure inflammation yeah. in, into the body. And so, and so, yeah. So I gave up alcohol. Still, I smoke, you know, would smoke in L.A. every once in a while. But, like, now in Missouri, like, I, I haven't done it too much. But I would still smoke. But no alcohol and, like, no sugary stuff. Like, ice, there's no ice cream or anything like that in yeah. the fridge. And no, definitely no alcohol. Yeah. So, That's simple to do, right? Very simple. Yeah. I, I don't miss it. I don't need alcohol to have fun. And, like, when, you know, I was recovering and then recovered from the surgery in L.A., I was still in L.A. for a couple years, and uh, I would go out to rooftop bars because L.A. has a great rooftop bar scene. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really awesome. I'd just go with friends, and they'd get a gin and tonic or um, uh, club soda and lime, and it would look like a gin and tonic, and it wouldn't cost them anything because the bartenders wouldn't charge them for it because it's not alcohol, and then they just give it to me, and, you know, then we'd just be chilling. Yeah. uh, You know, I just, yeah. So I enjoy the scene. I don't 
enjoy the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. So, I've done that a few times too. Yeah. Just get you know like a club soda. Yeah. And, cause, yeah, well, and Andy I, talks about it too on seventy five hard. Like he doesn't miss alcohol at all. Mm-mm. And so um, you know, and that was like the easiest part about seventy five hard was giving up alcohol. It's like I hadn't been drinking alcohol to begin with, so it's like it's totally fine. Yeah, dude. Same. I stopped drinking. It'll be two years in July. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, dude, even if I have just a little bit, I always feel like shit the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel swollen. No hangover for weed. Yeah. No, but, zero. You know? Zero. And so, uh, but yeah, you, you can't have a hangover. And that's that's what I felt like when I got the um, the side effect from the vaccine uh, was, like, it felt like a hangover. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I have not experienced this in years, but this is what it feels like. Really? It sucks. Like, yeah. you just feel depleted? Yeah headache um just feel like very shitty and uh yeah so hmm yeah that was after the booster or after which which shot and second and the second shot i hear that's a pretty common story i hear that kind of anecdotally a lot people feel pretty bad after the yeah but it only lasts like a day and then you're you're good then you're good for me that's you know how it was um but yeah yeah to each their own man if you want to take it yeah i mean and i had covid Prevax, like I, I had COVID and I recovered and I was fine. I actually found out I had COVID <laughs> while I was on a run in Forest Park. Really? And so I like got the test result update because it was just like um, precautionary at that time to like get the test from my doctor. And so uh, I like you know wasn't expecting I had it or ever, and then just got the results. Like after I was done running, I'm like, oh shit i guess i'll just walk back to my apartment now and uh and that was it but i just like recover was fine and so yeah i mean it's mostly just uh what's been required for my industry for and, work. uh yeah that's the shame so many people are re- being and required to to do something just to it is and i don't and i don't agree with it but i can't what are you I gonna do though? Andy, i know Andy would be pissed at me but like i i can't say no to it because i like that's this is my whole yeah. world like that's what i trained for and so i can't just like walk out and well, you could. Yeah, I could. I could. You have to get a whole bunch of people to do it, though. And the pro- and I guess the challenge there is uh-huh. that to your – what you, you I think you said earlier, pretty much that entire community mm-hmm. is of the same mindset. Yeah, like, this is a good thing. Very much so. Very right? much so. So yeah. what are you going to do? Yep. You know, come along or get left behind, buddy. I guess, yeah. Just is what it is. And now you're thinking about going out to, to California, huh? Well, I'm – I'm auditioning. I, that's to win the audition is totally different, but I, I'm going to audition. Yeah. And so yeah. you're applying for a job out in California. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> How else can you, what else is it? I mean, yeah. dang, dude, that's going to be interesting. Living, I, it makes sense, right? You want to go and and perform with the best and mm-hmm. and elevate your level, right? I mm-hmm. mean, shit, I want to I want to be the best. I want to go where the best are playing. So yeah. that makes sense. It just happens to be in a city that's fucking insane. Yeah, Dude, I've just only, I've on only heard bad things about San Francisco. Have you ever been? Never. No. Nope. Never. And so this will be my first time. It's, it's a, yeah. I think it's a fun place. We visited a few years ago. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Like I liked it. It um here's okay, I got mixed reviews on it. It uh I, I it was cool vibes, mm-hmm. um, but it uh, well when we went there was a lot of fires. There was a whole bunch of fires going on. I think mm-hmm. both in South California and then just north of San Francisco. So it was super smoky. The air quality was shitty while mm-hmm. we were there because mm-hmm. of all the fires. Yeah. So there are there are constantly fires in California. That's yep. that's one thing to consider. The next thing is the homeless situation 
in San Francisco. Yeah. Even, I thought it was bad in LA, and everyone says it's worse in San Francisco. And I, from my understanding, it's even gotten worse even since I was there. But, dude, whenever I was there, everywhere you fucking go, bro, there's fucking, it smells like piss. Yep. There's human shit everywhere. There's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's insane. Like, it, I could not wrap my mind around yeah. how bad that situation was down there. Yeah. You know, I've never been to LA downtown and, and seen Skid Row from I understand that's Yeah, that's bad. Pretty horrendous. It. Yeah, yeah, it's like the whole situation yep. and even in LA's gotten a whole lot worse from my understanding, which is why so many people have left. Yeah. But man, I, I don't know what they're gonna do about but, but mm-hmm. yeah, that aside, it's I mean, it's nice, but it's it's so crazily priced. You can't really yeah, even live in I think you're, it's you're gonna have as to live as expensive as New York and, and you're gonna have to live pretty far out. Far out, yeah. It's yep. I'm just trying to talk you into living <laughs> keep staying here. <laughs> staying in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, with the last almost two years mm-hmm. the way things have gone i've never appreciated this place yep. more than ever absolutely yeah there, I, I was convinced i was gonna move to austin before everybody started moving there we mm-hmm. visited austin and i fucking fell in love with that place yeah and i'm my once my kids get older i was like all right once they're older i'm gonna probably dip the fuck out of here go mm-hmm. to austin maybe be, be a snowbird own a condo there own yeah. something here but now as Things have got a little weird in the yeah. world. I'm like, man, it's really cheap to live here. Yeah. Um, it hasn't gone too crazy. I'm like, man, this is not a bad little spot right here in the center. The airport's closed. If I need to get somewhere, yeah, it's not that bad. I really appreciate it a whole lot more now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I enjoy the Midwest a lot, and so yeah, I um, yeah, you you hear of everyone leaving California for Texas or for. Tennessee, Nashville, or Florida, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, if you leave, don't don't vote what you left, how how you left, <laughs> and yeah. so you know, don't we'll then turn that place into where you left from, because we'll, then you're gonna do the same thing and leave again, and so yeah, we'll see what they do. But it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're going into an interesting world. Yep, at least you're trying. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. So how does the symphony work? You say it's a it's a season, right? Yep. So you have a a scheduled set amount of times that you're playing. Yep. Like, is it is it January through December, or how does it work? What's a yeah. season look like? So a season. So we start up in September and we go through the end of June. Okay. And we have concerts every week. A new program, typically with a different conductor, different soloist every week. We have about four rehearsals a week and then two to three concerts. And every week. Every two week. Two to three concerts. Okay. Yeah, and then we repeat it uh, um, just with different program and different music and stuff uh, every week. And so, you know, you can come see the symphony every weekend and hear something new. And, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're... But it's not, you know, like some people at first one would ask me, oh, like how many hours is that that you work? And it's it's not really based on hours. It, you know, we have uh, rehearsals, which a, a typical rehearsal is uh, two and a half hours. Um, so we have like four of those and then concerts. Um, but like so much of the work we do is on our own practicing and learning the music yeah. on our own before we get on stage to rehearse it. You have to know your part. You have to know everyone else's part before then the conductor conducts and makes his own influence and interpretation. You have to, everything needs to be done when mm-hmm. you set on, when you set foot on stage. And so then, and then you perform it at the end of the week, um, to the best of your ability. And so, so it's not like an hourly thing. So I have trouble answering that when people at first form like would ask me how many yeah. hours I work at that yeah. at my other job. And so, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. It'd be more comparable to a salary. It's like, all right, you're getting paid. I'm on salary. Yeah. yeah, you, so, this, yeah. this is what you get paid yeah. to do this thing. Yeah. And the time is the time. Yep. You're getting paid for the skill and to yeah. do the thing. But yeah, music is definitely, 
it, it's so similar to uh, sports, which is why I love reading like sports psychology books and stuff like that, um, like Tim Grover. And, uh, and because you take your work home with you, like, you know, I, I would be practicing at 9 p.m. And so like yeah. athletes take care of their body outside of practice <clears throat> and, and go through all these lengths to try and be the best at what they do. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm practicing and, you know, I have a day off. A Monday is the universal orchestra day off because we usually have concerts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We have Monday off and then start rehearsals again Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then concerts. And so uh, on Mondays, like, that's my time to get ahead. So I, I, I'm practicing. I'm probably playing more on Mondays on my day off than I am on the other days that I go in to work to the Powell Hall to play on yes. stage. And so, uh, yeah, so it's just kind of – it's the way it is. It's yeah. It's, the, it, yeah. it's a performance profession. Yeah. Just like you know, training for jujitsu or you know something else. It's competitive by nature. Yep. And only the mm -hmm. best. I mean, the better you are, the better you get paid. True. You get to go do more opportunities. You get. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's just like a cascading effect. Yeah. So why would you not want to put in the extra work? That's right. So it's all about <laughs> yeah. that. It's that that competitive mentality. Yeah, it it translates to everything, dude. Have you read, have you read that Kobe Bryant book, The Mamba Mentality? Yes, I have. Yeah, bro, mm -hmm. I fucking, I love that book because I'm not a huge basketball guy. Like I played basketball as mm -hmm. a kid. Yeah, I, I stopped playing basketball whenever I started wrestling in high school, mm -hmm. and I never really understood how in depth the game can be. So in that book, he when he, in the like, oh the, he dissects everything. Yeah, he, he dissects like finger so, placement when the guy's gonna make his other move based on where he's looking. And, yeah, and where stuff, they're like stepping at. He, he's grabbing the number on of my, seconds before they make a move, and then dude. remembering that later on. I, yeah, his mind and and dedication, it was, it's yeah, unreal, insane. Yeah. He read the ref book. He was like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like, look, got to like, know the rules and exactly. take advantage of that. Yeah, he's like, look, this this player is is, is stepping here or pulling here, or mm -hmm. I didn't realize how physical the game of basketball is. Yeah, and uh, it just completely opened my like my mind yeah. to that. Well, my whole favorite sport. would be when he's like, he he reading the ref book, he would know where they need to be positioned to make calls, so he can know when they wouldn't have access to what he would be so doing. He so get he away could with do shit. Some stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> that's that's. Being a student of the game, as they say. That's, exactly. Yeah. So you can take that same mentality and apply to what you do. Yeah, to music and just, yeah. And that's practicing. why you're such a student of, of, of those type of books and those type mm -hmm. of things. Yeah, yeah. You're I coming at it from yeah. a different angle. Do you think you think a lot of people in your profession come at it with that, that intensity or that angle? Some, maybe not all, but definitely um, the ones I try to be like. Yeah, or maybe a better way to ask that is how many people have you found in your community that are similar to you? A lot. Really? A lot. In the way yeah. you approach and your intensity? Yes, I yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because uh, to get a job in an orchestra, you have to go through, it's, it's all blind typically, mm. and so it's only about your ability, and so you have multiple rounds, but there's a screen up, they even put a carpet on stage that you walk on, so you don't, you can't hear heels if you're a woman, okay. versus a man, um, the committee made up of members of the orchestra and the music director, they don't see your resume, so they don't even know where you went to school, or who you studied with, or if you're currently playing in an orchestra, or anything like that, so it's just about your ability that day. Oh. And so it's very strenuous. And so, um, you know, anything can happen and anyone can do it. And so it's like very fair. And so, yeah. um, but it's, you know, you have to perform in the moment. And so that's, uh, yeah, it's very stressful. And so you have to, yeah, have to train up. So everyone around you is the elite. You guys are the elite players. 
trying <laughs> trying I mean, to essentially be, yeah. right i mean to it's, be to, st louis is a great orchestra if you haven't seen the symphony yeah you should i mean to to be in an orchestra i mean you got to be really fucking good right yeah obviously there are different orchestras or some are better than others yep but, some are bigger larger and yeah right but, maybe busier yep what's 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 the pinnacle of of your profession in terms of orchestra yes so in america they have what's called the big five which is Chicago, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Boston, New York. Really? And then you Cleveland. add in Cleveland Orchestra is one of the best in the country. It may not be the best city, but it is one of the best orchestras in the world. Yeah. Wow. I would think insane. the city yeah. lends to the orchestra. Sometimes, yeah. Um, but uh, that's, yeah, that might not be, we're just shitting on Cleveland because I'm from <laughs> Chicago. I, that's fine. I can do that. I hated seeing LeBron James knock the Bulls out repeatedly, either when he was in Miami or when he was with Cleveland. So I'm fine shitting on Cleveland. But their orchestra is phenomenal. And then you add in San Francisco and L.A. out in the West Coast, and those seven are the most busiest, highest paid, um, yeah, most highest quality. And so, um, yeah. Okay. So it would be the, the that, that's what people call destination orchestras, where if you get into that orchestra, you likely stay there mm. and you don't keep taking auditions for other orchestras, that sort of thing. And so if you do move, it's a lateral move. It's not a upward or downward move. And so St. Yeah. Louis is a fantastic orchestra and I love, love it here and playing, but I'm still actively taking auditions for other It's like a orchestras. mid-tier orchestra. Not to talk very, shit on it. Very upper mid tier, but it's right. I, I wouldn't even say mid, but it's 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 fantastic. But, okay. Um, but I'm trying to uh, to. It's not one of those go. seven. Yeah. Just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And my contract, unfortunately, I'm I'm only on a one year contract, and mm-hmm. so it was renewed from when I got into the orchestra last year because we didn't play all that much because of COVID, and so it was renewed. And the reason I'm on a one year and not a ten year track member of the orchestra was, I took the audition for the symphony. And got to the end, but they didn't hire anyone. It was called a no hire. And unfortunately, that's common in the music world in auditions where the committee or the music director doesn't feel like anyone um, best represented what the orchestra was looking for at that time. But they still needed someone to fill the chair to play that seat in the orchestra. So then they gave me a one-year contract. Okay. Um, so it was not a full-time, full-track contract. So um, you know, there's the potential to be renewed at the end of this season or not, there's no guarantee. So that's why I'm taking all these auditions anyways. And so, you know, I have to, I have to go out and try and win something full time. Yeah. And so, you know what the fucked up thing is though, they're probably actually just doing that. Not for that reason, but just for business reasons. Oh, they save a lot of money. I'm not on the symphony's health insurance. I yeah. don't get a personal day. I don't get a lot of things that tenure track mm-hmm. musicians get. Yeah. In the I, I bet attendance is probably a little bit down with some of the regulations that are in place or if, they, yeah. or if they don't know if they're going to, be able to sell out shows or even yeah. have shows and yeah. it's just to cover their their mm-hmm. business end which is really kind of fucked up because the amount of people that are going to be like man i don't fucking what i'm not good enough or like <laughs> what does that do to your head a little bit where they're like they're, i don't get hired but i get to play <laughs> it's i i i don't necessarily feel like a part of the orchestra right but i'm there playing and mm-hmm. doing the job and so it, it is a unique uh situation but i it's something that I'm, i was very thankful to even get it because i actually i signed the contract the the week everything was being shut down in march of 2020 Mm -hmm. and uh and it was kind of out of the blue that i got it um from the personnel manager and my teacher was like you need to sign this now before stuff starts getting canceled and so i did and and i didn't even know if they were gonna honor the contract and if i was gonna move to st louis so all summer they were like don't move until we tell you like you can't come until we tell you and then they called me 
in the beginning of September, they're like, okay, like we're going to have a season. We're going to need you to come play. So I moved to St. Louis. So then I moved a week later. Okay. But it was like very like, just wait and Man. see. And so COVID, COVID ruined this entire performing arts profession. I mean, it, it put it at a standstill for a year and a half. Yeah. And it's still that now we have to deal with stuff and getting tested. And then, you know, I thought it was going to be regular. We had been regular from September till now. And then they canceled the last two week concerts. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man, we are living in crazy fucking times, dude. Yeah. I just, yeah. And I, I mean, I love it and, and going in, but then, you know, I, I go into first form and, and see people and yeah. act normal, like nothing's mm-hmm. wrong with the world and it's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> man, <laughs> and I don't it know. It keeps me a little sane. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what, man, I never really have, have changed too much of what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I still roll jujitsu. I, yeah. I, I roll jujitsu. I haven't stopped actually the entire time. That's great. So between all of that and then I've actually never tested positive for COVID. I've got, mm-hmm. I got super sick in December. Like pretty much everybody did. Yeah. And I went, I, I, I I've gotten a few tests and I've, I've never tested positive wow. once. I'm not, I know my son has gotten, mm-hmm. um, COVID he's tested positive, but I've never gotten sick, man. I mean, I know people do get sick, yeah. And I know it's it's for some people it's like a real serious issue. Mm-hmm. And I know for other people it's not. So it just seems one. It just seems such an, an individual thing to have such just blanket precautions put into place. Yep. It just yep. it just it baffles me. Yeah, dude. There's. <laughs> I don't want to like. I don't know how much I can say, but like they, at the beginning of my time with the orchestra, they put plexiglass in front of us <laughs> because that was somehow going to prevent the air particles from blowing into our instruments from spreading. And I just roll my eyes so hard. I was like, this is ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Did that affect the sound? Yeah. I was playing <laughs> right into a glass shield. Yeah, like the acoustics, because now yeah, sound is was, going into this was, and then bouncing back this didn't, way. Didn't make any sense. Yeah. And that so, probably ruined you know, the whole show. Uh, you know, it was, it was all right. But yeah, I mean, they had lots of restrictions last year's season with um even spacing on stage and being so far apart from each other and then now it's we can fit you know 80 people on stage no problem but yeah. before it was like only 40 and we would you know have distance between and everything yeah. and it's makes it hard to communicate and play with each other and uh mm-hmm. in time and stuff and so yeah there are different challenges with that are there any avenues to just like independently do things outside of a symphony yeah so that's commonly this playing in an orchestra is commonly what wind players do wind being uh clarinetist or anything that you would have to blow to play trumpet that sort of thing um but string players love chamber music and some of the best music ever written and composed was for chamber players so like a string quartet is like four four instruments so Mm -hmm. two violins a viola and cello is a string quartet and so chamber music is just you know maybe less than 10 people playing something together. Um, no conductor, you're just playing with each other mm-hmm. and communicating with each other. And so there are professional groups that are their own chamber music ensemble that okay. play and record and do concerts and stuff like that. And so that's an avenue. A lot of people go in to teach. They teach at universities or conservatories. Um, the goal for me to, would be to be in a symphony full time and then teach at the local school or conservatory there. Mm. And so that would be great. Okay. Okay. So that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Dude, you need to get in like a blues, like a blues grass band <laughs> no, or something, like a folk, I like can't, a folk no, band. No. <laughs> Be tearing it up in the background on the clarinet, bro. No. no. <laughs> you can do it, Ryan. I have faith in you. That'd be that'd be sick. Those bands have a lot of instruments. Often, you can do it. 
<laughs> are there are there so are there traveling symphonies that just travel around the world? So there so orchestras most is it orchestra or symphony? What's the difference? You can call them whatever sometimes is it interchangeable. So yeah, it's interchangeable. Um the, it's just the title. So like you have the Los Angeles Philharmonic, it's not the Los Angeles Symphony. You have the Cleveland Orchestra, it's not the Cleveland Symphony. You have the St. Louis Symphony. Mm. And so it's just the name that's associated with it, but it's all just an orchestra. Mm. An orchestra or a symphony, orchestra plays the symphony and so they're they're pretty interchangeable and okay. stuff and so yeah. But most orchestras, I mean they have their own hall that they play in and have their season and people come and play like in the city and then um, larger um, orchestras tour. And so they would go to Asia or do a European tour and play in all the concert halls there and then come back. And so, yeah. Yeah. So those are for, for larger, um, larger orchestras. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Shit, dude. What's that one? What's that one? The, the transcontinental uh, symphony? Is it symphony orchestra? That one that travels around during the, the Christmas season? Oh, shoot. I don't even know. Oh, come on, bro. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Transcontinental Symphony, and they, they, what, they travel and play just in the wintertime? I might be fucking that up. Um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm way, I'm, I was, <laughs> Samsonite. I've, I've I was heard, way I've off. heard of them, yes. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, have you heard of them? Heard of them, yeah. Dude, I'm pretty sure they just, I think they own, is it only? Do they only do Christmas shit? Have you ever been and seen them? Have you ever seen them? No, they come I to St. Louis. They always do winter tours, Christmas Eve and other shit. Have you been to Powell Hall before? Mm-mm. No, uh, no. Where's that? It's gorgeous. It's um right by SLU. Okay. In uh Grand, the Grand area, um close to downtown. Okay. Yeah. How far is it from the Fox? Right across the street. Oh, okay. Right across the street. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. down the street. Yeah. Really? All right. Yeah, I've been to the Fox. I've never been there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. See, let me see what their tour dates are. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Is it, they're like this rock and roll. Like, they got fucking electric guitars. You've never oh seen these gosh. people for real? No. Are you serious? No. The Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Oh, my God, dude. We're, hold on. I'm going to look. So, they're... I think they only come around during the winter. Wow, yeah. The you win- see November. And, it says November yeah. through... Let's see. Let's see when this shit ends. That's a lot of fucking dates, dude. These, these, these dudes go hard. Through December 30th. It was in St. Louis at Enterprise Center. <laughs> yeah. See, there we go. What are the odds? <laughs> I, I got to play at Enterprise Center um, earlier in the Cleveland, year. Cleveland. Fucking Cleveland. Oh, there is. <laughs> so they must have a lot of – because how are you going to be in Cleveland and, and, and fucking St. Louis on the same day? How does that work? I have no Does clue. that mean they have two fucking groups and they just – Perhaps, Yeah. So how do you know if you're getting the good one? I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> then they're in Kansas City and they're in Pittsburgh on the same day. Wait a second. How can you have be in two places on the same That's day? That's difficult. That means you have two orchestras. Perhaps, yeah. And everybody's going under the same name. That seems a little sketch, right? Are you getting, I, are you getting the know. A team yeah. or the B team? <laughs> are they both? They can't both be A team members, can they? I, I don't know. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Normally, when an orchestra tours, it's just the orchestra, and that's you know that's everything. And so, yeah. Dude, it says when Paul O'Neill first conceived Trans Siberian Orchestra, his goal was straightforward, as it was incredibly ambitious. The whole idea, help explains, or he explains, was to create a progressive rock band that would push the boundaries further than any group before, of the genre anyway. Okay, all right, whatever. Founded in 96 by Paul O'Neill. Do you know who that is? Does that make... No? No name? Okay. Who immediately approached longtime friends and collaborators Robert 
Kinkel, John Olivia, and Al Petrelli to form a core writing team. Yeah, bro. Rock and Roll Orchestra. All right. <laughs> I can't believe you've never heard of them. <laughs> I've always wanted to go see them. I figured it'd be fun. I'm always looking for fun things to do to yeah. take my kids and go, yeah. like, expand their horizons. Like, yeah. when we went to the Fox, I took them to go see, um, I think we saw the Nutcracker. Okay. It was either the Nutcracker or Christmas Carol. All right. One of the two. Nice. I think it was a Christmas Carol, actually. Yeah, the Nutcracker's uh, a ballet, so that, yeah. Don't they Don't they have that at the Fox? Maybe. I'm, I'm pretty not sure. That... sure. Um, but a Christmas Carol, that seems like they, uh, they, the musical I, sort of aspect. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we went and saw play. a Christmas Carol. Nice. Now that I think cool. about it. Yeah, it was yeah. good, though. It was really cool. Just, you know, experiences. Expand the horizons. I know, yeah. You did that kind of shit growing up? Yeah, yeah. Chicago's a good city for it. They have a ton of stuff, yeah. Dude, museums really and all that yep. stuff. Yep. So Chicago's probably my favorite city in the summer, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I love the Shedd Aquarium. Went to the aquarium here in St. Louis. Doesn't mm-hmm. quite compare. The Chicago's Shedd Aquarium is just massive. I've huge. never been. I, I've and, never uh, been to either one, actually. The oh, one really? Here, you haven't even been here? Oh, okay, okay. Nope. Is it good? It was okay. It was, all right. it was okay. I saw some pictures. My kids have gone. It just, yeah. it just it looked like a, like yeah. a whatever. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of fish tanks. Yeah. <laughs> I like the the zoo. I've been to the zoo more than once here. Um, you know, we free, got a good zoo here. Zoo. Yeah, for for being free. I mean, that's fantastic. I'm so conflicted on zoos. Like morally, I, like I am just morally keeping them in their in the habitat for yeah, the I, viewing pleasure of public people instead of nurturing them in the yes. wild. Yeah, yeah. Like a part of me is is on the side of man. You these. It's not very natural for these animals to be there, mm-hmm. and they. They would probably be better off in the wild. Why do we really need to keep them? Yeah, it is cool though to to be able to see those things right. and kind of expand yeah. mm-hmm. like your horizons by seeing them. And for animals that are endangered, it's like they're doing a, a good service for protecting them and giving them a good home and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but then, why are they endangered? That's the question. Is it <laughs> <laughs> people hunting them? People uh, natural do- <laughs> selection in the wild? Um, if it's natural yeah. selection, why do we need to help them? <laughs> That's, that's but true, if it's yeah. us fucking them up, we probably should yeah, just do better. There's, there's plenty of that issue. But the I, but uh, what was I going with that? I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. I just I'm some I'm just sometimes conflicted. I some I think it's cool to be able to go see them. Mm-hmm. But on the same note, I'm like, man, I just feel bad sometimes. Yeah, but we got a nice we got a nice zoo here. Yeah. Yeah, so- I definitely feel that way about the like reptile house, like all the snakes just mm-hmm. being in a glass box the entire time. Yeah, and I'm like I, oof. yeah, yeah. But our but the other question is, would the, would they be better in the wild? I mean, what if we just we breeded them just to have them in captivity? I mean, I guess I don't know, man. What is it good or bad? Is like yeah. you're kind of growing up in jail, living yeah. in jail your whole life. Yeah. But is is it is it jail for them? Probably right. I don't know. That's why those. Gosh, cases, now you're why, making me think of all this Tiger King stuff. That's why some of those. That's why some of those animals go fucking crazy, right? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Just wow. Their animal instinct kicks in, and they're like, "I gotta maul something." Yeah. And it just happens yeah. to be their caretaker. Oof. Not good. Yeah. Oh, Tiger King. Tiger King. Were you told that was you the were like, early part of the pandemic with I, the stimulus check and Tiger King <laughs> and stuff? That was like April 2020. Everyone it, was like, "Oh, this is a oh." What was it? April distance brings May existence was a sign I saw in my neighborhood. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to come up on the two-year anniversary of this shit <laughs> real fast. And it feels much longer. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. I remember, yeah, totally being locked up and watching Tiger King. Yep. Yeah. Fuck. Did you see that little re- whatever they did? They did another season of Tiger King. Yeah, I didn't watch it. No. Yeah. No, I get my <laughs> – the reason I ended up giving in and watching Tiger King was I saw all the memes. And I'm like, okay, I need to understand yeah. the memes and stuff. And your meme page is fire, dude. That is <laughs> awesome. Like I, I can't repost some of them just because I follow some people in the orchestra and other orchestras and they follow me. And it's like I can't post raunchy stuff. That, yeah. You know, <laughs> but there's a limit. Everything. But it's – oh, yeah, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I definitely send it to people. That's for sure. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, I don't even think I realize sometimes. I don't even think about how bad some of the things are that I play. <laughs> like, it doesn't even register. It doesn't I'm just even like, register. You're just I'll, authentic. That's just what it is. And, yeah. I'll look at it. I'm like, man, that's probably bad, but who gives a shit? Who, yeah. Who's going to do anything to me? I'm not worried about losing a job. I'm not really worried about offending anybody because yeah. if you're offended by it, I can't help you. Yeah. Some of the things I post, I don't even know if it's funny or not. I just think some somebody else might think it's funny. I don't know if I think it's funny necessarily, but I think all of yours are winners, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I just I steal from like three or four people. I really just need to add them. Oh to yeah, the I've page. never made my own. I just yeah, I steal too. But I've heard I'm not making yeah. shit. I'm just stealing it. It's not even original. <laughs> I'm almost tired of actually. I created the page. I'm almost actually mm-hmm. tired. It takes longer to post to the page. I've had people tell me, man, you should just create a page. You should just create a page. So I'm like, all right, I kind of caved in and uh-huh. did it. But it's it's way less time consuming just to throw it on my story. Yeah. 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 Uh, I huh. don't know. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But I just I just need to hit those same few people up and be like, hey, can I just add you to this? And <laughs> instead of you doing what you're doing, just post here, please. Yeah. So I don't have to steal your shit and put it on there. One of the I still shit I from really you, too, though. Are you serious? Sometimes. Oh, nice. Cool. Because <laughs> I definitely, so that's not original content by me. I saw it too, so I don't know where I saw it. But, uh, that's what the meme game is. Yeah. Rugged had a, was going and had awesome memes, but I don't, I don't, I haven't seen him on social media for like a long time. Rugged, the ammunition mm-hmm. um, guy around Vegas and stuff. And so, yeah. Probably got shut down. His meme page? Oh, Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes they just quit showing your shit. Yeah, well, Shadow Man and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's so. real. Yeah, that shit is real. But um, yeah, I don't. Some people make the memes. Mm-hmm. I b- bless their heart. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that I guy. I cannot do it. No, it's just meant to be stolen, in my opinion. <laughs> just steal it. Yeah, just, well, just post it. Put it on the internet. It's fair game. Who, yeah. who gives a shit? You like to share that that uh, that page about the Midwest stuff. And yeah, that, that, Midwest versus everyone. And that yeah. always kills me every yeah. time. That's what. That's why I thought maybe you were from the West Coast. And you just realized all of these things, like now living. Yeah, in, oh, no, in the no, no, no. I've been experiencing them <laughs> growing up. Yeah, but you are just know. driving. You oh, dude, driving over here, I was reminded about all the potholes in Saint that are in St. Louis. I just, oh, yeah, terrible. It could be pretty um, bad. Yeah, but <laughs> I didn't realize how much I do say "ope." I'm like, oh, I say, yep, no, oh, I say it fuck, all dude. the time, all the time, Midwest lingo, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just subconscious now, and it's yeah. I say yeah, no, and no, yeah. Absolutely, I do that too. Absolutely, <laughs> I try not to apologize. I realize I apologize probably more than Canadians. <laughs> yeah, it's between the Midwesterns and the Canadians who apologize the most. Mm-hmm. I try mm-hmm. not to apologize as much. Yeah, 
Yeah, East Coast people are too busy, they won't, and then LA people are too – or California people, West Coast are, like, maybe too rude, they won't. Uh, Super bro. generalizing. I don't know how many people I'm going to piss off saying this stuff. I hope not a lot. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Listen, don't take me serious because I'm just talking shit always. <laughs> I, I'm not a comedian, but I, don't – listen, I might as well be when I'm on here because yeah. I'm, I'm just talking shit. But uh, that's one of my least favorite things about – uh, Florida is the East Coast people. Mm, all they the, come down. They, yeah, all the, yeah, all the Northeast people just migrate down south. Yep. And yeah. there's no difference people who are from Florida. They're just East Coast people too. Mm. They have no fucking patience. <laughs> yep. No patience, bro. Yep. <laughs> and they're a little bit rude and aggressive. Yeah. And uh, it's, one, it's one of the many reasons why I hate Florida. Mm. It's not, uh, you know, I don't hate the people. Mm-hmm. You're not my favorite people. Yeah. I'm probably pissing some people off right now. <laughs> but, dude, the beaches are nice. Yeah, I've only ever been to Miami. Okay, Florida, and that's, that's and that's a different that's different than a lot of the rest of Florida. But the, yeah, from what I've heard. But when you go there, man, the moment a light turns green, they honk at you. I've heard that. That's the first thing I noticed yeah. there is the liberal use of honking. Yep. They use the horn like crazy, so that drives me crazy. See, in L.A., they would honk, but they would honk to let you know that they were running the red. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's a little cute. Like courteous because they That's were courteous. They were honking so, so they, that you wouldn't go. Uh, yeah, in, so in no the other intersection, so no one gets fucked up. But they were definitely like breaking the law, running yeah. the red. And then here in St. Louis, it's just a free for all. I mean, some people just like straight up just run reds, and I'm like, oh, that, that yeah. was odd. And, and and you don't know who uh, has <laughs> and uh, doesn't have insurance. <laughs> I'm like, please don't fucking hit me. <laughs> I thankfully have not had an experience of that, but I did hit a pothole once on the way into first form and I had to change it and go, uh, go get a tire shop and the tire shop was down the street from me. And I'm just like, I bet you guys make a ton of business. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. I fortunately haven't had a ton of issues with the potholes here, but yeah, some of the roads can be, can be pretty bad. Um, yeah, knock on wood, man. No real, no real issues with drivers. But yeah, that was the first thing that stuck out to me in Florida was the honking. The, well, the moment the the light turns green, they fucking honk at you, dude. Last time we went just for a random trip, mm-hmm. and I don't know why we went because again, it's never my favorite place to go. Yeah, but I'm sitting at a red light. It just turned green, and I'm waiting for a fucking car that's turning left to get out of to the finish. Fucking, to yeah. finish. Yeah. And the as soon as they finished. The motherfucker behind me honked. Give me half a second yeah. <laughs> so I can go. But, yeah, that's just one of the things that I don't like. Also, the giant bugs, the reptiles everywhere. Mm-hmm. Who wants to live in a swamp, bro, where they have boa yeah. constrictors and alligators? Who wants that? Just randomly crossing the golf course, a fat-ass alligator. Like, oh, yeah, it's just Florida. I'm like, oh, it's no. just not somewhere I want to be. <laughs> no, not somewhere I want to be at all. Yeah. Not to mention, you were. You, it's not if – it's when you are going to get hit by a hurricane. Yes. Oh, yeah. Listen, people, yeah. your houses aren't meant to stand whenever you get hit yeah. by a massive fucking I feel force of Houston. the world. Yeah, Houston had Houston's had to deal with a ton of couple different natural disasters. It's and, terrible. Yeah. It's terrible every time it happens, but the hubris of humans to say, all right, I like this place. I'm going to live here. I'm going to build here. That's cool. We can do that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the world isn't going isn't to fuck it, it yeah. up. You yeah. know what I mean? That's just it's just the way it works. The geography of the earth is always changing. It's never mm-hmm. the same. You know what yeah. I mean? So we know that tectonic plates shift. There's mm-hmm. volcanoes and earthquakes and all yeah. these different there things. There were a couple earthquakes when I was in L.A., but I slept through them all. They didn't even shake me awake. And then, and then like, later in the 
morning some people were like oh did you feel that and i'm like no no <laughs> i was asleep and, dude but uh yeah it happens in la earthquakes out in california sinkholes, but, uh, yeah all of these things so the the landscape is always changing mm-hmm. and just because we decided to live somewhere doesn't mean it's meant to be there forever mm-hmm. i think about that wow yeah yeah we only deal with kind of tornadoes here in the midwest it's not that bad either no the tornadoes sometimes they are but yeah. there's other parts of the Midwest that get hit way worse. Like mm-hmm. Kansas has really bad tornadoes. Yep. Uh, Nebraska has really bad tornadoes. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have them as bad here in Missouri, but we've gotten no. hit for sure. Yeah. yeah, bro. Haven't experienced anything in Chicago like that either. So, yeah. Yeah, good. yeah. You guys just get freezing cold temperatures. Yeah. Off, so that's why I like it. Enjoy being in St. Louis because it's always 10 to 15 degrees warmer mm-hmm. than in Chicago. So even if it's cold here, I know my parents are suffering more. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, it's, yeah. Cause it's off the river, Mississippi river instead of off of Lake Michigan. And yeah. so, yeah, but Chicago can be so cold. And then in the summer you get, I, I had never experienced St. Louis in the summer before. It's humid and here. That was very hot and very humid. And I thought I oh I'd like know that from Chicago, but it was it was just worse it's and different. magnified here. Yeah. And uh but yeah. I find most people that, are surprised super, by that. Super cold though. I would exchange that. I'm fine with that being in the summer being too hot as opposed to frigid winters. Same. Yeah. Yeah, I um I try to do cold exposure things. Because I like the benefits of them. Yeah. With that said, I despise the cold with every fiber of my being. Mm-hmm. I hate the cold. It just, even, I'm just such, I, for no reason, I'll just be cold. I'll just start just shaking. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just colder. I get yeah. cold easily. But the heat, I love it. I can't get enough of the heat. Yeah. I, f- I find that it takes more heat to get me uncomfortable than the average person. Okay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. So I love the heat. I'll lean into that yeah. shit all day. Yeah. But do you ever do like outdoor workouts in the cold or when it's raining or mm-hmm. like elements like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You get benefits from yeah. doing those things. Yeah. I just, I saw you have Ed Milet's book there. Mm-hmm. Um, and good yeah, book. cold shower. Mm-hmm. And that was part of phase one for Andy's Live Hard. But uh, it's, yeah, I end every shower I take now with a, with just turning it on cold for like 10, 15 seconds. You, you also get this huge jump in dopamine, yeah. so it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Every time I get out, I just want to be like, woo, like Ric Flair, just yeah. fucking Yeah, but then and, yell. and Tony Robbins had his own, like, he has a, a chamber that he can jump into. Yeah, he has into. a cold it's plunge. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll do those kind of things because mm-hmm. they feel good and you get a lot of benefits. Yeah. I have intense resistance to doing them, nor I don't want to give anybody the impression that it's a regular practice of mine, like I'm doing it every day because I'm not. <laughs> Something like the sauna, I can do the sauna every day. Yeah. I love that kind of yep. stuff. Um, I do the cold stuff just because I like to do things that are uncomfortable. and mm-hmm. I, I, I'll... I'll do things I don't like because I know what the benefit is. Yeah. And the cold is one of those things. Yep. Yeah. But I hate it. I have, I have more resistance to that than anything. Have you read Stephen Pressfield's book, the war of art? No, I wish I had it here with you with me. I could show it to you. I let somebody borrow it. Mm. Side note. I'm learning 
that when you let somebody borrow a book, you essentially just gave it to them. Yes, that's common. <laughs> dude, that's very common. That's what I'm learning. I'm like, fuck, dude. I've actually I'm, done that before, and then immediately when I've done it, I've just ordered it for myself. Yeah, again. I'm really Because conf- I knew that I was like, all right, that copy's gone. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. That's but, what, yeah, yeah, I've had I've reordered a couple books. I'm like, fuck, I'm not getting that book back. And one of them I had a – this maybe this is just like the hoarder in me. I let somebody um, borrow a book, and the book I ordered had a different cover than the one I borrowed, then I lent out. I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck, man, I want the old cover. Oh, like, I'm like, because yeah. now I can't get that cover. I was yeah. like, that's the one I that fucking was, want. Uh, I'm like, yeah. fuck, but I'm just, I'm just going to eat it. I'm just going to eat it. Yeah. It's just like the hoarder in me. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it just is what it is. Yeah, and I love, I mean, all the, all of your books, I mean, they're they're fantastic. That's I not even on my books, of them. but um, yeah. But yeah, I also like. I love books. I mark and and write notes and everything yes, and, and stuff. Yes. And so yeah, so I That's often why I, I also like to keep my, my book origin like the mm-hmm. original book I had mm-hmm. for that reason as well. Like I'll underline mm-hmm. th- shit and different things. But yeah. There's a couple books I have lent out. I just created a list of who has my book now because uh, <laughs> I have a list on my phone of like all of the books in, in my library because a, a lot of them are still in Chicago and so I, you know, only have it, certain ones with me in St. Louis. But yeah, yeah. I the reading process and everything. And I love the, yeah, the nonfiction self-development mm-hmm. books. They're great. Yeah. Dude. Uh, most of the books I read, I got from the library. Yeah. Like I just, dude, I was a, um, so this is back like in 2011. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my, so when I was married at the time, we, we were living in San Antonio, Texas, cause that's where her parents were. And we, yeah. we moved down there to, um, like live with them and save up for a house and all this shit. Uh-huh. We ended up coming back here so that I could g- kind of get back to my gym and pursue fighting and do some shit. So when we got back here, I just got a, a job as fast as I could. So I was a, a, a security guard mm-hmm. and I worked third shift and the place that I worked at. So I think I worked from like 10 PM to, to 6 AM. I think was oh my, my shift. Gosh. It sucked. It was sucked. It was one of the worst jobs I ever had, but on the same note, it was actually one of the best jobs I ever had because I was able to read like crazy i've never read more and that wouldn't put you to sleep <laughs> during those hours during the... so i feel it... like i would go to sleep if i just kind of read a book and not off man well the thing is i drink so much co- i mean i couldn't really one you get okay. used to it yeah and then i'm drinking a lot of coffee i'm taking like five hour energy drinks okay. anything to All keep right, me so awake yeah every so often you have to get up and walk around yeah there was two buildings one building you're in there with another person so that actually helped mm-hmm. And you actually had a camera on you, so mm-hmm. you couldn't just sleep. Yeah. Um, so whenever I was in that building, I would read. Mm-hmm. In the other building, you were um, – the room that you were in, you were actually by yourself. In the room that you were in, you – I would actually watch a lot of movies because there mm-hmm. wasn't, like, a camera on me. Mm-hmm. So I'd bring my sure. computer, and i watch a shit ton of movies. Sometimes nice. I'd be in there. Either way, that job was – ended up being a, a super beneficial and probably – a blessing in disguise type of deal. It was, it was actually the time in my life where I learned the most because I was I didn't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world is sleeping while you're awake, mm-hmm. and you're at this boring ass job. So I would read a book every three days. Wow. Yeah. So That's I was awesome. just blowing through books. So I was yeah. always going to the library get new books. So most of the books I read, like I don't have. I kind of mm-hmm. want. I kind of want to buy them. I kept a list of all the books. Yeah. I read. Yeah. But I kind of want to buy them. Your library, your own personal library. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that that collector and yep. me. Like I want to like own the book. Oftentimes when we're talking about audio books, I'll read an audio or I'll listen to an audio book mm-hmm. and then I'll buy the book because mm-hmm. I, I want the. Yeah, yeah, I'll read it, and or yeah. I just want to have it. 
Um, but I just, I was reading so many books. Like I learned how to read, like I learned how to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I read so many business books. It was just a, a very, uh, just, uh, pivotal time. Yeah. Just that, just that, uh, having that unfiltered, it was like nine months of just learning constantly. Yeah. It was crazy. I just learned so much just by reading. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I got, got into the habit of reading, um, when COVID hit, I like to say the two uh, habits I developed were running and reading. Mm. So I, you know, when no one knew what was going on, I would just, I would be able to go run in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. without interacting with anyone. So, you know, I would kind of do that and that helped mental health, just getting out fresh air. And then also like not being in the home secluded all the time and stuff and watching the news. And then, um, and then reading, like being able to control what you put in, in, into your head mm-hmm. as opposed to like yeah watching the news and stuff and so running and reading is yeah two things that i've definitely kept up and uh yeah the news is toxic it sucks there's no unbiased news and uh yeah i um yeah now people trust their information more from from podcasting plat- yeah. platforms than mainstream specifically media. rogan yeah which is we're in a weird state now because and now people are trying to cancel him but you can't cancel him he's he's so big and and no yeah people try to make you feel bad it's almost weird to say you listen to rogan he's so big uh, more yeah. people listen to him than not oh i bet yeah at this point in the game i mean yeah. not in the grand scheme because there's a lot of fucking people mm-hmm. but when you're looking at all these major news outlets yeah more people are, he has a, a larger oh, yeah. audience than all these major news outlets yeah i don't sit down and watch the news no. and, they, and they, yeah and they say that you know um i mean viewership for cnn is like so low and i think fox has the most viewership but it's like okay but that's that's older people that would sit down and watch the news. None of the younger people are doing that. Yeah, And we get our news through social media mostly. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. do. And here's the thing. It's not like everybody that listens to Joe Rogan does it because they agree with him. No, yeah. He's having long-form it's, conversations. Yeah. And a lot. Yeah. there's probably just as many people who listen these days who yeah. don't agree with him. Yep. But sometimes I feel weird whenever I'll, I'll reference something mm-hmm. or it's, yeah, I was listening to Rogan. I heard this. And sometimes you can just see people like, Oh, uh, you're they, listening they, to Rogan. Uh, no, no, it's no. Like, oh, you're always talking about Rogan. You Dude. get, you get all your information from Rogan. You're well, just actually, this it's is... like, no, I'm not just, what the fuck? <laughs> no diversity of thought. I think is so important. And this is something that's one of the that, best uh, sources. Yeah. This is something that happened. Um, when I was in L- LA, you know, most of the, uh, the music community is very liberal and I have some liberal views. I have some conservative views, mostly socially liberal. And, uh, but I, I tend to vote more on the right. Most people in my profession vote left always. And so a couple of my best friends in LA, they were in the studio with me at USC that also play clarinet, um, you know, have very different political views than I do Mm -hmm. and how we see things. And so we would get together once or twice a month and cook at one of our, our places. And then we would talk about, controversial or different topics that would have different viewpoints from the left and from the right and why it was good or why it wasn't good and that sort of thing. And we're still great friends. And mm-hmm. it's, and then we have a, uh, we have a, um, a text, uh, group and we call it dinner discussions. And it's like, you know, whenever we see something conflicting or what we posted and they're like, what are your thoughts on this and stuff? And we're still able to be great friends with thinking differently. And I think, you know, the push for more diversity and in, in certain workplaces and stuff but uh you need diversity of thought too yeah so if you're not if you're in a room and you all think the same that's not good right yeah that matters it really does yeah a lot of what we're seeing online is 
is trying to divide, right? It's oh, yeah. trying to polarize. Oh, yeah. It's saying that... Make if people you... that think different of you an enemy. Right. Separate everybody. Yeah. If you can understand where they're coming from and at least be able to understand why they think that way, that's a great step. Right. You don't have to necessarily You don't have agree. to agree, but yeah, but you can understand or, or see why they think that way. Right. Um. But no, I mean, that's, I think in politics, like you should have, and when, well, when America was first founded, the the vice president would be the person that got the second number of votes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So George Washington, John Adams was his VP, but they were of different views and different conflicting stuff. And so John Adams, then uh, Thomas Jefferson was the VP to him, but they had, they were running against each other during the thing. So can you imagine if, um, you know, <laughs> Trump <laughs> was president and then Clinton <laughs> was the VP? That's how it was when America was first founded. Really? And so, yeah. And so, um, so that's, uh, you know, that, yeah, that's... I did not know that. No, but I think that if you, in politics, if you had someone on the other side with you in the rooms making certain decisions to just voice that opinion and see, okay, here's how it is from the other side, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would be much better. But I, all oh, politics is so polarizing. I try not to consume it, but also you can't neglect it in this time. And no, how can you? Especially with social media. Like, you can't escape it. And so you just need to monitor for your mental health. Like, I think I sent something to my sister and she was just like, I'm on a news purge. Like, I'm not even going to watch this. And I'm like... I, I respect that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I try not to get too wrapped up in it. Yeah. But we're in such a time that it seems that if you, you can't ignore it. Yeah. It, in the past, it was always it was always kind of more of the same. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter which party got in. You, you kind of knew what to expect. Yeah. And you can – so for me, I was always focused. I'll keep my head down. I'll mm-hmm. just keep trying to work towards my – like what my view of success is and everything. Yep. It will just be fine. Yeah. But now it seems that you can't do that because if you do, you'll fucking turn around and you have no freedom. Or mm-hmm. or things are going to change so much and you'll be so lost. Yeah. You don't even know how to operate with what's going on in the world mm-hmm. because you'll just be left behind. Like yeah. Things are moving that rapidly Yep. and that drastically. Yeah. It's crazy, man. But I try not to get too held down by the negativity of it all. Can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck did we get down this path again? What was I saying? I was saying something, and then. <laughs> oh, of like the world to hear, or <laughs> with us talking. <laughs> I forget. I don't know. I was trying to think what my last statement was, because we we came back to the news and it being polarizing, and I think I think I just had another point I wanted to make or mm. take us down another path. I don't remember what it was though, Ryan. Shit. Uh, Sometimes that happens. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't think of it either. But, uh... Shit, dude. I don't know. Oh, I know. We were talking about um, a diversity of thought and how yeah. it's important to mm-hmm. to like have those those conversations. Oh, I know what I was thinking. It's I, that's one of the things I like. So my fiance and I, we actually tend to think differently. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about a lot of different things and and we'll we'll view things on the opposite end of things. So I mm-hmm. really like to have those conversations mm-hmm. because one, they're challenging yep. and it can make you see their point and you can see their point. And it's like, all right, well you have to be able to you explain to your, your explain idea. why you think yeah. the way you think, which is so hard for so many people to do. It's so like the thoughts are so clear up here, mm-hmm. but whenever I have to make noise with my mouth and yeah. help you understand what yep. is going on up here, it can get I can sound super dumb or it can yeah. it can be very clunky. It and can, then it'll reaffirm your belief as to why you think that if you can organize your thoughts and explain it to someone else. Yeah. And uh and will help you, yeah, with that. But it's like um in math class, teaching someone else. If you if you understand something it can do it, it's 
but then you need to teach it to someone else. That's an extra layer. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you just said is like, you know, you have your ideas, but to explain it and back it up as to why you believe them, that's that's the other layer. That's the other thing. Yeah. 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 And, but and that's good that you and your fiance like have different views and then talk about them. And yeah, yeah. like we agree on a lot of things, but we definitely kind of I definitely lean more right. She leans more left. Mm-hmm. We're definitely opposite in a lot of different. She, she has just more empathy than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just a little bit just less empathetic which I is one of the, the same way which is one of the reasons why i have this podcast because i'm not naturally an empathetic person so i want to be able to like connect with people and have these mm. conversations and it kind of mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. helping but um yeah i just think it's important to have those those views and it i did not know that if if whoever got the second amount of votes that's going to be the the vice president like that makes so much sense did, were you did you hear about uh are you familiar with brett weinstein he is um he's been on Rogan quite a bit. He uh him and his wife, they have a, a podcast called the Dark Horse Podcast. He was okay. a professor at um I wanna say like Greenville University or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um he's kind of like along the lines of actually I don't want to say if he is or not, but uh either way, he uh he got kicked off of Twitter mm. because or at least as counted, he was proposing this thing called Unity twenty twenty. So as a where it was you would take a, a center left person and mm-hmm. a center right person, and they would run together. Mm. So that way, you get both, you get sides. both sides. You get yeah. reasonable yeah. people on yeah. both sides, kind of running yeah. together. And one year, it would be whoever it didn't matter which one. One was going to be the president. One was going to be the vice president. Mm-hmm. And then they would switch mm. the next the, the next term. And then they would do that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that way, you kind of get this balanced perspective. And he was just and he got blocked for that, voicing he, that. For creating an account oh and trying to God. get that movement going, got Politics blocked. Politics is so polarizing. And you never vote for someone. You're voting against the other person. Just, like, it's, you know. Yeah, and it's it's it, it's so crazy how people vote for party lines. Mm-hmm. And No, I know people that will always vote left no matter what. I know right. people that will always vote right no matter what. And I don't think that's right either. You have to, you know. I don't know. Because the, the sides change. It used, see, here's the thing. This is what confuses me the most. So let's just say if we were – in today's climate, you often hear about the left a whole lot more right now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that side at least seems to be the fucking loudest and has a lot of yep. influence in the world at the moment. But we seem to be catering to, one, the minority – and then two, I think the idea, and this is one of the things I talk about with my fiance, like the idea of what it means to be liberal has changed. Yep. So that word that. means something different than what it used to mean. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think sometimes people hold on to the old definition of something, mm-hmm. not realizing that what your idea of it was yeah. isn't the same isn't as what, what it, is, it now. is now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are operating under. You yep. know what I mean? Which it mm-hmm. creates a lot of confusion. Yep. And and it also is probably one of the the biggest drivers of, of what separates people because we're all using the same terms but with different meanings mm-hmm. and it just creates it just it it doesn't allow anybody to get on the same page. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I was going with that. That's where I was going that's with that. That's an interesting thing. concept where you have people running together but they're they're still center but they're of different leanings and yeah that's i mean that's pretty interesting it makes sense it's too much polarizing now and especially the way the media has pushed everything then i think the person that is most polarized will have the best chance of winning almost like it's just a try 
appealing to that side of yeah. voters and so that's where they'll navigate to but i don't know what's going to happen coming up no nah, nobody does dude i've talked to some people and they're convinced that trump is going to win the next election wow yeah yeah who knows who knows it, it just doesn't make sense to me why there can't be a different way mm-hmm. it's only we only have the two-party system we only can choose from these other op- like these two options that you're giving us yeah. it's it's like they're playing it's it's we're watching wwe up there it's mm-hmm. the royal rumble it's a fucking play <laughs> they're all going to fucking battle we got the debates oh but the the this is the dnc fucking candidate this is the republican candidate mm-hmm. and but it's all big fucking play up there, man. Yeah. What's really going on? Because, for example, they the DNC, there's evidence that they conspired and went against Bernie Sanders, for example. Oh, so, sure. Right? So, yeah. Which time? I, I think multiple times, exactly, <laughs> I right? Because I was going to say, I think he had a better chance than Hillary. Exactly. So and no, then, yeah, they did that with Biden, and it, they pushed Biden, and anyone with a brain that watched anything that Biden was saying, he... He couldn't form his own thoughts and he couldn't say his own things, but then he would look into the TV screen and read like a teleprompter thing like, you need to go out and vote. We need to change. And it was like the uh, the, the, the uh, politically rehearsed sort of speaking he did really well, but any free thought he had was all over the place. And then you see any interview of his time in presidency now and you're just like, how did he get 81 million votes? Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I and so yeah, I think Bernie <laughs> may have won yeah. So so basically, it doesn't matter what in that scenario, and I'm not trying to just pick on the left because the right does it too. They yep. all they all fucking do it. Mm-hmm. It's them against us type of shit. Yeah. It really is the political class. Yep. But in that example, so no matter what the majority of the citizens wanted or might have wanted, we didn't get a fair shake of what was really going on with this whole situation here. Yeah. The whole process was rigged. Mm-hmm. For this person only, mm-hmm. and it was just all a feel-good measure for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's like, what fucking game are we playing here? It's a big party, and none of us are invited. Yeah, dude. It's, yeah, and that's what fucking sucks. <laughs> and then those motherfuckers are now pitting everybody else against each other. Sure. For their team, it's like, no, yep. we're on your team. You're on our team. Fuck those no, guys. No. It's like, no. It's like you see those fucking assholes over here. Like yeah, they think we're all. Look at they Nancy, think we're all look having. Look at Nancy's portfolio. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> Man, Fuck, it, dude. It, yeah, it really. <laughs> look at her portfolio, then look at her city, <laughs> dude. It's not blue and red or left or right. It's those motherfuckers versus the rest yeah. of the citizens of the United States. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. It's crazy. No term limits. Those guys are crazy rich. Mm-hmm. Fuck. They influence industry and market. Yep. That's true. Yeah. And then they get to trade. How is that not inside trading? Help me understand. Help I'm, me understand. I'm with you there, dude. Do you watch TV much? No. No, no I actually don't even own a TV in my apartment. I would oh, stream Netflix. Gangster, you're like a motherfucking <laughs> I, I would stream Netflix uh, on my computer, you know, but that's, I mean, I have streaming services like HBO, Netflix, but that's You are a fucking savage, it. dude. But yeah, well, it, it comes at its downside. Like, no I, I don't have to you. pay for cable, but I, like, tried to watch the football games yesterday, and I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and it, you just need some and I was like, dude, those. they were great games, and I, like, and I was like, oh, snap. So then I just watched the highlights afterwards yeah. on YouTube, but I just, yeah. So it has its stuff off, but pluses and minuses, you know. I um, there are no TVs in bedrooms in my house. Like I don't allow TVs in. The That's bed. good. Like it fucks yep. up sleep. No, absolutely. Yeah, the REM cycle and the blue light beforehand. I'm so and, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so I, I do not. I take my. Do you my, read before bed? 
Um, I don't really read before bed. Okay. I yeah. for me, I usually read in the morning. Yep. I my my brain, the way my brain works, I just mm-hmm. it doesn't benefit me. It would it yeah. would it would kind of help maybe shut some things down. I do limit screen time before bed. Yeah, that's um, what I try and do too. But I don't yeah. read before bed. I, I used to try reading before bed as a way to limit screen time because you can't be. I just doing both, I fall but asleep. Then, yeah, and it's not. It but doesn't. now I read. I wake up. I read and then I work out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my, my routine. My brain works better in the morning. Yep. So yeah, I don't read before bed, but. But yeah, no fucking electronics in the rooms. I don't. Yeah, that's smart. I don't want that. Yeah, blackout yeah. curtains, temperature, like all that. Like I don't fuck around. Oh, temperature. You keep it colder. Um, I usually set the thermostat to sixty-seven at night. All right. So cool. it's decent. And my room is in the basement, so it gets pretty cold down there. Yeah. Um, like it's finished, but it's still you know just year round. It's just cooler in the basement. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm really serious about that shit. What was my point for that? We were talking about. Oh, fuck. Shoot. No, I can't remember. We were going down. Uh, uh, reading, no TVs. Um, if I own a TV. Blue. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know what it was. Um, but yeah. So I don't. I I tr- I try not to to watch a ton of TV. Um, those football. Side note. Those football games last night. I'm not a. Fi- I'm not really. I don't watch sports. I don't watch football. Mm-hmm. The only reason I watch I don't watch fo- football either, except for playoffs. Like if it's a good game, and uh, those, yeah, those games but last they night. Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Deja, my fiance, mm-hmm. loves football. She does fantasy. She does. Oh, all wow. that. Yeah, she's really nice. into it. So we had to watch them last night, uh-huh. dude. She gets. She gets. She, she gets anxious. When when it's a tight game like yeah. they were yesterday, she yeah. wanted to fucking turn it. And there's been times that we turn. I let her do that, and we miss amazing fucking games. I'm like I'm like Deja, we can't fucking do this. So last <laughs> night I didn't let her turn it, and she was glad that we didn't yeah. because like her family, she's a Green Bay fan. Oh uh, okay. She's well, a little bummed out they yeah. lost, but next to them is is Kansas City. Her mm. her whole family is Kansas City fans. Oh nice. So she was well, super, they're still alive. She was super stoked that they won, but that was those were in. Those were intense games last night. Those yeah. were crazy. Some of the best football I've ever seen. Yeah. For real. It was crazy. So those were crazy, but um we don't have cable either. So my point is we got we just got rabbit ears for, okay. for the, like the antennas. Yeah. Those work great. But um, we pretty much just do streaming services yep. here and there. Um I feel like that's what most people do now. Like I most- just yeah. I the only people I think of that sit down and would like watch the evening news and stuff is are, are my parents' generation yeah. and older and yeah. stuff. And now it's like we're all just streaming stuff. And yeah. that's so it. do you do you have any streaming services? Do you, do you, I don't personally you own don't them, really, but I have so access really, to Yeah, so you don't Netflix, really watch any of those. Netflix, HBO. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. that's it. There's a show that we're watching. It's called Billions. It's on Showtime. No, what's that about? It's about this uh, billionaire. Uh, he owns a, uh, a trading company, a, a, a capital firm. Uh-huh. And he's just trading billions of dollars in stocks and shit mm. like that. It's pretty interesting. Um, one of the things I like about it is I would – so based off my own personal experiences mm. with, with just like successful people and what I kind of see when you watch some of these successful people, mm-hmm. you see some of the traits of those – like they, they put those traits in the characters in the show. So yeah. that, that really fascinates me mm-hmm. because I, I – there are aspects, obviously it's a fucking show, but there seems to be aspects that they put in there that seem very relevant to like what a successful person would do. Yeah. So that always kind of draws me in. It's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a fascinating show, but um, you don't watch it, so it doesn't fucking matter, Ryan. It's <laughs> Sorry. Okay. You don't waste your life watching TV. You shouldn't. That's okay. No, I, I tend to have uh, like the 22-minute episode comedy shows like Friends or The Office the or Office, Parks and Rec yeah. just like running in the background when I cook. 
Yeah. That's like the extent of my watching TV. <laughs> dude, yeah. Dude, it'll, it'll fucking Where it's like stuff I've, your I've, life. I've known before, so I like could hear it and visualize it when, if I'm not directly looking at it. Yeah. And it's just in the background noise. It's white yeah. noise. Yeah. We veg out kind of in the evening. We'll watch some mm-hmm. of that. And, yeah. uh, but other than that, yeah, I, I try not to waste a whole lot of time because it'll yeah. just suck your fucking... There's only... Now that I'm 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 so heavy on the podcast and like my company imposed will and just doing all this shit, mm-hmm. time is finite. Yeah, I, I don't have time to fucking waste, dude. Like yeah. I'm even on social media a lot less. Like I I get there and I post, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't really serve my day, so I don't really have a lot of time to be on there. Let me see. Do you have Have you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? No, I haven't. Oh, that's a great book. Yeah, um, it's 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 a real popular one. I've noticed. But uh, yeah, one of the things that he said about like adopting a habit or changing a habit was to make it easy like mm-hmm. easily accessible like if you want to work out in the morning you you lay out your stuff beforehand so when you wake up you just put yeah. it on and go and stuff and the reverse of that is to make it difficult and so like social media like i on my phone put it in a group and put it um mm-hmm. outside of the home screen and like uh don't have notifications on it so i don't like constantly get ringed and then see it um on the the wallpaper when my screen is locked and stuff and so it's like i, I try to put social media in the background right and then you know knowing that undoubtedly like i'm gonna go check it like we're gonna be on it like you said it's just part of our nature now mm-hmm. but i try to limit all of that instant reaction kind of stuff because yeah because otherwise you find like you're just being habitual and reacting and, and it takes up too much time yeah yeah you got to yeah. set yourself up for success for sure Absolutely. whether it's like removing the temptation or yeah. or just blocking yourself from getting to it yeah. or whatnot yeah it's a good good thing to do dude Tell me more about Imposed Will. Oh, dude, it's my company. It's going to be fucking so big. The plan is, man, I'm just such a firm believer that I'm just – the mind, everything starts with the mind. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that it doesn't matter whether you're pursuing like a musical career or you're just trying to improve your health or you're trying to build a business. It doesn't – like you want to be a better grandparent. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, it all starts with our mind. I mean you have to have healthy habits. Like you you have to take care of your body and your mind. But whatever we set our mind to, whatever life that we want to build, we all have the capability to mm-hmm. do it. And that's why I say like, we can all impose our will. Mm-hmm. Like Truly, like where there is a will, there really is a way. Like It all starts with making a decision. Mm-hmm. You can say, I will, you fill in the fucking blank, and you can mm-hmm. do the rest. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just all about just, just fostering and building a community of just like-minded people who just want – the best out of their life and just and just want to kick ass and impose their will. That's awesome. And and that's just what I'm working towards. So apparel is is the fuel right now to help, you know, further the mission yeah. and, and grow it. But man, I just want to just build such a, a a huge community of just people all over the world. I truly believe this can be a billion dollar brand. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that we can help a lot of people and, and do a lot of cool shit along the way. That's great. So that's what I'm working to do, man. Between nice. That and, and and the podcast, mm-hmm. it's just busy. it's just where I'm just focused, dude. Yeah. So yeah, that's just head down, just trying to build this community and just make this thing, make this thing grow, bro. That's great. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with it, man. So it all starts with the mind, dude. Yes. No, right? I absolutely believe. Yeah, your there's mindset that, is everything. Yeah, dude. There's that mind body connection. That's why you gotta take care of your body and take care yep. of your mind. The things you put in your mind, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been an hour and a half. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. 
So oh, that's great. Times are flying by. So let's wrap this up. Is there anything that's you awesome. wanted to direct the people to tell them about before no. I let you go? No. We're no. good. Dude, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you. This was very random that, you know, hey, you want to be on the podcast? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Dude, I'm just trying to connect with awesome people. You are a super interesting person. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Ryan, thank you again, my man. Thank you, dude. All right, everybody. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Again, thank you for tuning in. If you are getting value out of the show, do me a solid. Bring us a friend. Bring us one friend. Also, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe. You can share. Check us out on YouTube. All these things, they help us, and I will be eternally grateful for you guys doing so. That's all I have for today. We'll be back very soon with another conversation. Just keep being awesome humans. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Mwah.